to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. y'all welcome to episode 113 of the easy peasy podcast you know guys i i i don't want to keep apologizing for not putting out two episodes a week you know as much as that worked for me for a time you know right now i'm in more of a put them out as they come out kind of mode. And I hope that's not a disappointment. You know, I, I, I want to be reliable to my listeners, but I'm not going to just put shit out for the sake of putting it out. You know, these, these conversations, these lectures, if you will, you know, whether it be an interview or a solo show, they, they tend to be organic in their origin and they tend to be unpredictable. And as I said, I just don't want to have to explain myself. I don't want to have to keep apologizing as if I'm letting you, the listener down. Um, you know, I, I want to assure you that this show is here for the long term, even if, you know, they don't come out as regularly as they used to. This show is still very much alive and well. And I hope you can deal with maybe, you know, four to eight episodes a month as they as they so happen. <clears throat> but enough about that, right? You know, I guess similar note, but what I'm what I'm thinking I'm going to talk to you about today is is doing and being whatever the fuck you want. You know, I like anybody, I have moments of self-doubt. And I'm glad to say I'm kind of coming out of a period where I was I was just kind of insecure, you know, financially insecure, emotionally, you know, psychologically, whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I've been a bit rattled, we'll say, by the last few years. And it seems like maybe for the last month or so, I've just, it's almost like I ran out of, hmm, 
how do I say, ran out of confidence. Like I used it all up, which is absurd, right? But that's kind of how it felt. Like I've been going, 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 you know, speaking my mind, sticking to my guns, you know, trying to say true things. And I, I, I kind of wore myself out, I guess, but that's not really the right, right way to say it. It's more like, <clears throat> it's more like I, I just had this, this doubt creep in, right? And I, I failed to push it away. You know, I, I'm heading into my off season, right? The money has slowed down. I was kind of trying to figure, you know, can I, can I get away with not having a job this winter? You know, I'd like to write another book. But the truth is, there's not enough money to pull that off. So I started to look around, tried to figure out where am I going to make some money. And I've told you a little bit, you know, I I started working here and there with the stagehands, right? And as much as it was a, a decent kind of stepping stone, you know, the pay was okay. Um, you know, the problem with it is that it's unpredictable. It's it's here and there. It It's not something I could rely on. You know, I got a bunch of calls like two weeks ago, made some money, but then, you know, with the holidays, there's not much going on. So there's no work. And truth be told, the hours kind of don't appeal to me. You know, you got to be there at eight in the morning till noon, and then you got to come back at 10 o'clock at night and work till, you know, two, three in the morning. And that just... That kind of just exhausts me to even think about. I got all this time to kill in the middle, and you know, it, it was hard for me to <clears throat> to adapt to that. Right? I did a handful, and uh, and let's just say I didn't I didn't care for it as much as I thought I might. Now it's still in the back pocket, but what I did was I got a steady full-time job at a really, really fucking cool company called Horsepower Incorporated. And they, you know, they're located here in Indianapolis. It's a small company. I actually had the owner on very, very early in the podcast history here. I think it was episode like eight or nine and it's titled bike night. And I talked to Jimmy light who owns horsepower incorporated. And, uh, you know, it was a quick little five minute spot that I did with him, but apparently he remembered and I saw them post on Instagram that they were looking for help. And I waited all of about 30 seconds before I jumped in the truck and drove up there. You know, it's only a couple miles from home and I walk in, I say, Hey, I, you know, I saw you guys are looking for help. And, uh, you know, is Jimmy here? 
like I, I kind of know him. I said, yeah, yeah, Jimmy's right around the corner, you know, head on back. So I walk through the door, you know, I enter the main kind of work area where there's 20-something Harleys up on lifts in different stages of, you know, being built. You know, they take Harleys and they squeeze every drop of power out of that motor that they can. They make, you know, aftermarket exhaust pipes, aftermarket um, fuel injection, you know, uh, manifolds and, and you know, these systems. They, they've got a handful of products that help people make their Harleys fast as fuck. And Jimmy's a cool motherfucker, right? You know, when I saw him, I said, hey, Jimmy, you know, it's Mike. Easy peasy. He said, yeah, yeah, what's up, man? Good to see you. I said, hey, you know, like, I'm in my off season. You know, he, he remembered I'm a gardener. Him and his wife are very interested in starting a garden, and he said as much. Um, but like I said, he remembered me. And, and I said, I'm looking for, you know, winter work. I need something to do for the next three months. And uh, he says, well, let me let me walk you around. I'll tell you, you know, what we're looking for. Now, basically, they just need somebody to polish stainless steel pipes, right? They TIG weld these pipes together. And, uh, and I, you know, part of the process, it's kind of the, the mundane sort of <clears throat> repetitive part of the process where it just has to be you know polished there's a couple little machines that help me do it but it's not like you have to be a full-blown harley mechanic to polish pipes so he says you know this is what we need it's you know five days a week eight hours a day um you know 20 bucks an hour and if you want the job it's fucking yours you know it's like five minutes and we were shaking hands it's a done deal and it's funny but that little thing refilled my confidence cup a hundred percent you know because Jimmy is an entrepreneur and he gets it and I think he appreciates that that I kind of get it too that you know somebody who is an entrepreneur makes a hell of an employee because they know how to get shit done and how to not get in the way, not be a problem, you know, be reliable, make that, make that, make that job their bitch, right? You know, a lot of people who have never tried to start a company do the bare minimum, but anybody who works for themselves knows that you have to fucking hustle if you don't hustle you don't make money so he saw you know he he could see the hustle in me right it was very easy to get that job and the reason it it feels so good is because it's a company that i that i'm excited to be a part of you know they do cool shit you know, not to talk down on the stagehand thing, but it's like that's working for big 
corporate interests setting up these concerts and everything, you know, working for Live Nation or whatever. And there's not really, I don't know. It's, it's not as rewarding for me. You know, you feel like one out of a hundred doing that stagehand stuff. And it's a bunch of people who couldn't give a shit. And the fact that it's a union gig means there's all these, you know, it's, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a joke, right? Like half the time you're there, you're not even working. You're just waiting to be told what to do. And, you know, every two and a half hours you get a mandated break and every four and a half hours you have to take a long break, you know, meal. And if you work over eight hours, you got to blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like it kind of made my head hurt. You know, all the rules, all the all the bullshit, right? But over at Horsepower, the only rule is show up and get shit done. You know, it's very very much uh, appealing to my to my anarchism you know Jimmy and I even talked he he sees the light of anarchy he gets it a lot of bikers do you know and the fact that I get to work with a bunch of dudes who just fucking get it and I don't have to pretend I don't have to act any certain way I don't have to watch my words you know, these guys are a blast, right? Like fucking joking around all fucking day at work, you know, getting shit done, but having fun while they're at it. And you can tell these guys, they like their job. They like working for Jimmy. And I'm grateful. I told him as much. I said, you know, Jimmy, really like, thank you. Like I wasn't sure what I was going to do this winter, but this sure as hell beats fucking digging ditches. It beats building stages. It beats a lot of things. Just to be in a cool environment with cool people. I don't care if the work's a little repetitive. You know, it's got me it's got me moving. I'm up on my feet. I'm you know and it, it appeals to my sort of OCD, right? Taking a kind of scuffed up, you know, rough looking piece of stainless steel and just making it shine, making it fucking darn near perfect and figuring out how to do it more and more efficiently. So I, you know, I had my first day on Friday and I, you know, I struggled for about an hour kind of getting the feel of the machines, right? I'm using this kind of, I don't know what, what it's called exactly, but it's a, it's a mechanism that has rotating belts, right? You can either put sand, sanding belts or like a scotch bright kind of belt on it and these two belts spin and rotate and this might be hard to imagine but basically the idea is for a round piece of stainless steel like an exhaust pipe this rotating spinning head you know scuffs the whole area the whole thing rotationally as you feed the pipe through and it's very meditative. You know, you have to you have to be in the zone. You cannot cannot be too focused or too unfocused, right? 
it's kind of a, a, a balancing act between, you know, attention to detail, finesse, you know, touch, feel, sort of as you feed this machine or, you know, feed the pipe through the machine, you're getting feedback through the metal. You can feel it when it's not happy, when it's not rubbing right, and you got to make minute adjustments, but it's very tactile, and I like it. And by the end of the day, I had a pretty good feel for it. And, you know, Jimmy came and he inspected my work. First of all, I appreciated the fact that, you know, the guy who trained me, he kind of just showed me the ropes and said, get after it. And I worked all day long. Nobody was, you know, hovering over me. Maybe because I have a certain level of competence and they could see that I, at the very least, was getting there, figuring it out. And end of the day, Jimmy comes by and he picks one of the pipes up, you know, one of the last ones I did. He kind of looks it over and he says, that's pretty fucking good. (laughs) Not bad for your first day. I said, thank you. You know, like all it takes is a steady hand and a good set of eyes, right? And, uh, you know, I guess the point here is that I can do whatever the fuck I want. I mean, I'm saying that a bit generally, right? It's not quite literal. I I only mean it to say that what I wanted to do this winter is to work somewhere that didn't make me miserable. You know, keeps the bills paid. If anything, helps me get a little bit ahead. But most importantly... I I just I'm not even capable at this point of taking a job that I hate. You know, maybe I can take it, but I won't keep it. You know, the stagehand thing, I wouldn't quite say I hated that work, but I didn't enjoy it. And it only took a couple of weeks to realize that it just wasn't serving me. It wasn't wasn't making me I didn't go home feeling satisfied. I went home exhausted, you know, wore out, ragged, raw. And I don't want to live that way for the next three months. <clears throat> I apologize there for the phone. I'm going to actually take this. It's Lord Joe. Um, I'll be right back. <clears throat> well, Lord Joe has a dead battery and um, yeah, it's funny I don't mean to derail the topic at hand but I'm learning how to say no Lord Joe's got a dead battery she says do you mind coming and jumping me I said well I you know I'm 15 minutes away you know she lives right by the bar right I said it I was I was at the bar an hour ago I said are Jim and Maggie still there yeah I said, well, Jim can jump you, right? She's like, well, he doesn't act like he wants to. I said, well, honestly, Laura Joe, I don't really want to either, but I'm 15 minutes away and he's right fucking there. <laughs> you know, I said, if you're still, you know, if, if you're still dead an hour from now, if nobody helps you, I will come back. But I said, I'm in the middle of a podcast. I love you, but I can't, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, but I won't unless it's your last 
option because I get to do anything I want. And I love helping Laura Joe. You know, I've I've put the knobs on her on her cabinets. I've helped her hang her garland. I've, you know, helped her put the top up on her Jeep at the end of the season, you know. I love Laura Joe. But I said, I said unless you're really desperate, you know, see if you can't get someone that's already there to help you. Cuz I'm doing what I want to do. I'm talking into the microphone. And I have every right to do that. You know, it sounds a little selfish saying I can do anything I want. What it is is a prayer of affirmation. Like I said, I've had self-doubt. You know, this little voice in my head saying, "You can't do it." You're not good enough. You're not worthy. And that's fucking bullshit, y'all. You know, there have been times where I've questioned, you know, am I even employable with my ideas and my temperament and my skill set and my non-conventional education? You know, if I if I really just had to give up my hopes and dreams, could I get a regular job like any any other motherfucker? The truth is, yes, I could. But I hope I never have to. And I hope I never will. Because I'm capable. You know, this dream of mine. Easy peasy. It's a big dream trying to build something of substance, something real, something with impact. And it sucks to doubt yourself when you're working towards something so good. But it's natural, right? You know, the, the, the hurdles are high, but I can do it. You know, I, I can, I can get any, fucking thing done that I set my mind to. I've proven it time and time again. You know, I've I've had visions that I have later realized. From the little things like taking my first big cross-country trip to working at a guest ranch riding horses all summer to trimming fruit trees in the orchards of southern Utah, you know, I would say I'm lucky, but I don't believe in luck. I believe in intention, and I believe in work. And any time I've decided, you know, with, with extreme intention to do something, I've done it. You know, I decided to write a book and I did it in a month and a half. I decided I wanted a decent job for the winter that didn't make me miserable and I I found that too. You know, building easy peasy has been a process. You know, years in the making. I'll be starting my 5th year doing the gardening this coming spring. And I've still got a long way to go. You know, I 
I want to get to the point where I'm no longer building individual gardens. I'm building a system that builds gardens, right? I want to be the guy that enables other guys to make money in a way that doesn't make them miserable. And I know I can do it. It's just, it's just a challenge. But what the fuck is life about if not challenge? Mm. And I hope I'm not coming across as like doing some form of mental masturbation here. What I'm doing is I'm trying to convince you that you can do whatever you want too. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's going to be easy. You know, when I say I got that job in five minutes at horsepower, it's kind of misleading. Truth is, it took me 29 years to get that job at horsepower. And I'm not trying to over glamorize it, right? I'm not the guy making the Harleys go fast. That's Jimmy. But I'm the guy that's helping him make the Harleys go fast. Right? You know, Jimmy doesn't build the bikes no more. Jimmy builds the business. And he's an impressive guy. You know, I, I've already kind of gotten a verbal, you know, affirmative. He's coming on the show. You're going to love Jimmy. When, you know, is a matter of scheduling. It's tough with the holidays. But soon enough, you will hear Jimmy Light on the show. He's a cool motherfucker. And it'll be kind of funny, you know. It'll be kind of funny to interview someone who is, in a technical sense, my boss. Right? Because at work, for the next three months, he's in charge. Right? But when I get him here in the studio... I'm going to turn the tables just a little bit, you know. This is my shop. <laughs> when we're in your shop, you're in charge. But when we're in my shop, I'm in charge, right? You know, he's, he's got some years on me. He's got a wife and kids, um, successful, profitable business. Yeah, so he, I've got plenty to learn from him. Uh, but I think, I think the cool thing about this friendship, this professional relationship, you know, all of it is that I feel like he and I are peers simply for the fact that we both fucking went our own way, started our own thing, you know, carved our own path, which is more than most people can claim. We've done whatever the fuck we've wanted to do. And I think he respected you know, how I asked for the job. Because I basically said, I want to work somewhere cool. And I think your shit is cool, man. Right? And <clears throat> if I was some, you know, total like loser, you know, just helpless with no skills, if I had no no resume. I didn't have to show him a physical resume. He knows my resume. He knows it. But if I didn't have that, it wouldn't have been so easy to get that job. You know, it took a lot of work to get there. And in terms of the doubt that that, 
you know, that I've felt about what I'm doing. It's strictly, you know, it's like I heard somebody say my, my only problem is money, <laughs> you know, which is kind of like a silly way of saying, like, I'm living really good. I'm living really good. It just is a matter of breaking through to the other side, right? Not, not being, you know, beholden to the next check with a little bit of capital capital we're going to have a whole lot more sort of leverage right to get done what i want to do and the doubt creeps in when the bank account runs low you know that's kind of how it is and that's fine that's fine but i've i've regained some faith in that not only am i valuable in terms of my skill and my labor and my ability to do things well, even if it's something as simple as polishing steel, you know, doing it well versus doing it okay. You know, I didn't have to go and show Jimmy my first piece of steel and say, does this look good enough? No, I, I, I fucking worked that piece of steel until I knew it was not good enough, but fucking primo because that's the type of work I do. You know, I don't like working with people who half-ass it, who fucking phone it in, who do the bare minimum, who fucking clock in and clock out and try their best not to try. I'm not interested in those people. Fuck those people. I'm done feeling bad about speaking my mind and speaking it with a little bit of fucking force. That's another part of the self-doubt is this, this perceived public pressure, you know, whether it's true or not, that it's not okay to be real, to be fucking upset, to be honest, that you have to be perfect and composed and, Fucking follow the leader and toe the line and stay in your lane and don't make a fuss. It's all fucking bullshit, man. But that doubt creeps in. I speak my mind and then I second guess it. And I, I look back with self-conscious, you know, doubt. There's no other word. But I've been listening to people who, you know, it's like I was listening to BR, BR the Anarch. And I, I appreciate BR because he does not fucking, you know, he doesn't mince words. He doesn't fuck around. He says it like he, like he sees it. And he kind of called, he, he calls people out all the time for different stuff. But he, he made a point, you know, I, I share memes, right, on Instagram and I shared a bunch of shit about Brittany Griner and truth is I, you know, it was almost like that. I don't even care about Brittany Griner. Why did I even feel the need to comment on it? Except that, you know, I was trying to fucking be seen, be heard, say something. That was the topic of the day, but it was such a fucking distraction. And BR called it out. He said, why do we care? Why do we even care? 
You know, like, and the whole thing with the with the um, sergeant, whatever, the guy that was a Marine who, you know, why did we trade Brittany but not, you know, you know, why didn't we get him instead of her? It's like, I don't f- fucking care. I don't fucking care. I don't know these people. You know, it's just, that's just part of the puppet show. BR was right. So, you know, I had to like swallow that that pill just a hair. You know, like even I get swept up by the the latest psyop when it really is just more distraction. You know, it's easy to do. And I I can recognize it, you know, I'm not perfect. I don't fucking get it right all the time. But at least I'm at least I'm willing to be a part of the conversation instead of shutting my fucking mouth and doing what I'm told like a good little boy. Like, no, it's not how I fucking operate. I do whatever I want. And why shouldn't I? You know, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to do anybody wrong. What I want to do is explore topics openly and honestly. What I want to do is build as many fucking gardens in this country as I fucking can in sort of a, you know, general sense. I'm not, I'm not going to build them all myself, but I want to help you build yours or help you build someone else's and make money doing it. Right. And I can do that. That's what I want to do. Fuck them. You know, fuck anybody that doubts me, including my fucking self. When I get in these fucking modes of self-doubt, it's really just kind of sad and pathetic. It's like, what good is it doing, right? It's not doing any good. In order to get the shit done that I need to get done, I need to know that I can get it done. I don't need to be sitting there wondering, you know, questioning like a little pansy. Yeah, I think it's good. It's a good reinforcement. This little mantra of I can do anything. I can do anything I want to do. What's more empowering than that, right? So many fucking people do what they think people want them to do. Instead of doing what they want, they do what they assume everyone else wants and even if it's true even if people do want you to do something a certain way fuck them that's not your problem that's their problem expectations are deadly if you fucking expect something from somebody prepare to be disappointed but if you fucking do it the way you want you set your own expectations chances are they're going to be greater than anyone else's expectations right like i am my own worst critic that's why you know when i fuck up i feel terrible and you know guilt and doubt have a similar flavor you know guilt i think is important when you truly have fucked up you should feel guilt. Now, doubt, 
It's there for a reason too, right? If I walk up to the edge of the cliff and I look down and say, well, I doubt I'd survive if I jumped off. That's a good kind of doubt. And that's kind of a you know decent metaphor for trying to be an entrepreneur. It's almost like jumping off a cliff and hoping that you, that you land safely because there's no guarantee. <laughs> so maybe doubt is, is, a, is a useful tool to an extent, right? It's part of your, your judgment process. Am I going to make it? And, you know, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that you will have moments of doubt. But whether or not you let it control you, right? Because truth is, I'm not jumping off a cliff. You know, I'm taking a, a, a calculated gamble on myself. Right? Would, would my life be more secure if I, you know, just was a salesman for some vacuum company or some bullshit? Yeah, I mean, it'd be, be more predictable. But, you know, it's kind of like the greater the risk, the greater the potential reward, right? You can climb the corporate ladder for fucking decades and you're still just on the wheel, running like a hamster, keeping up with the Jones, whatever. By taking this bet on myself, I stand to, to break out of this mundane cycle. You know, the NPC culture. I don't want to live like that. You know, Jimmy's Jimmy's inspirational because he's done it. He's shown it's possible. And I'm just going to try to soak up some of the magic coming out of that fucking shop this winter. Learn a few things. You know, hoping I might get a chance to to turn a wrench or two at some point. Or, you know, who knows? But I don't want to be I don't want to be surrounded by the by the mediocre. Right? I get nothing from that. I'll be honest, like working with these stagehands kind of bummed me out. There's a lot of sad, you know, kind of, you know, I should say some of them are great. Some of them have a great attitude, but it's kind of just like not the, not the best of the best. God, that sounds so bad to say, but I'm just trying to be honest. Like, if I want to achieve greatness, I need to surround myself with great people. People who I learn from and who are challenging me to do more. You get what people expect from you. In a sense, like, that doesn't make sense the way I just phrased it, but let me see if I can clarify. It's kind of like, Hmm. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that you get what you expect out of others, right? So if others expect very little from you, that's what you're going to be. 
If others expect a great deal from you, you will be more. And vice versa, if I expect a lot out of the people in my life, I hope that it it elevates them, right? I don't want to accept mediocrity any more. You know, it's kind of like, sounds terrible, but I was just, I was listening to uh, the Art and War podcast, which BR produces, but he wasn't, you know, he's on some of the episodes. He was not on this one, you know, vocally, um, but the, the folks on the show, you know, I've only listened to a couple episodes of their show, but they were talking about how they, they've, <coughs> excuse me, they've been guilty of kind of ragging on fat people. One, one of the hosts in particular and how he just, <coughs> excuse me, he, you know, shamelessly just says like he fucking hates fat people. And that sounds awful, but he's making a point. He's saying he doesn't accept it. It's not okay. You know, fat is a mentality. Like how fat, how fat have we gotten as a culture? How lazy, how inept, you know, a bunch of pudgy fucking soft fat motherfuckers. And it's not okay. And why should we act like it is? Why should we accept that, that mediocrity? It's not acceptable. So we need to, you know, I said earlier, excuse me, all let me take a drink. I said earlier that expectations are deadly, right? And maybe that's an overstatement because again, I think we need to expect more of each other in a certain regard. And when it comes to personal relationships, I suppose it depends on the expectations, right? Is the expectation that you, you know, you expect the people in your life, in your life to be better? Or is it that you expect them to be predictable and, and, you know, conformists? <coughs> God damn. I hope this makes sense, y'all. I'm probably gonna sign off because I feel like I'm kind of, kind of losing it here, and my my voice is tickling me. I've got a little a little scratch, and I keep wanting to cough. But I think I've made my point, right? I'm capable. You're capable. You know, let's get fucking after it. Let's do better. Let's be more. I know it's fucking possible. I've seen other people do it, right? Jimmy Light at Horsepower. Fucking John Willis down at SOE. Jack Spierko. Fucking Nicole Sauce. Fucking Billy Bond. All these people are proving what's possible. All we have to do is like is expect more out of ourselves, right? We need to we need to excel. We need to exceed people's expectations instead of adhering to them. People expect so little out of you. They expect you to be whatever version of you they perceive. 
but you can be any version of yourself that you fucking choose. I might have been raised in the suburbs, but I fucking chose to be a bit of a cowboy. Right? I'm sticking to it. Sometimes you you just have to reinvent your own perception of yourself and say fuck what anybody else thinks. Fuck what they expect. I expect more. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you would like to donate to the Easy Peasy Podcast, please go to easypeasygardens.com slash donate. I'll talk to you soon.